Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. Welcome, everybody. So glad to see your amazing faces this morning. As we get into the rest of the week, I can't believe tomorrow is already Friday. But today, we're going to be talking about fear of success, which sounds like a pretty strange thing when you think about it, because uh, who could be afraid of succeeding in something they really want to succeed at? But it is reality, strangely enough. And as last week, we talked about external conflict and how we can deal with that and get to the kind of conclusion that we want. This week, we've been focusing on the internal conflicts, the things that make everything difficult for us. And well, when we kind of step in our, our own way, and that can be a really hard thing to deal with. It's one thing when you've got somebody, you know, that you can talk to and say, hey, man, what's going on with this? But it's a whole nother thing when you have your own brain turned against you. So earlier this week, I asked all of our friends, what are some of the things that you struggle with internally? What are some of the things that you have a hard time dealing with or that stop you from, you know, moving where you want to go with your career, with your art, all that stuff? And we got a lot of answers naturally as artists. We tend to struggle just a bit. Um, with uh, our, our insides, which sometimes makes us a little more likely <laughs> to be neurotic. So, yeah. yeah um, Cicela, who is with us today, if you can come up, she is the one who mentioned fear of success as one of those things that we fight with as artists and creators and business people. So I'd love to hear from you a little bit more, kind of what that looks like for you. When you say fear of success, what do you mean? Let's elucidate it a little bit and then get into the discussion. Who all is having a hard time, like pushing themselves past that point and, and moving into their success confidently? If you have already done this today, um, you know, if you have dealt with fear of success in the past and you have pushed through and you have um, kind of gotten over that hurdle, we'd love to hear from you a little bit later. So be prepared for that. But in the meantime, SysLive sent you an invite. So if you'd like to come up and let us know a little bit more when you say fear of success, what does that mean? How does that feel? Um, if not, I can, I can explain a little bit. but I've gone ahead and sent you an invite just in case. And while we're waiting to see if she can come up, Becca, hello, how are you this morning? Becca can't come to the phone either. <laughs> okay, Cicela, I see that you got the invite. All right, so glad to see you. I would love to hear, what do you mean? You mentioned fear of success. What does that actually look like like for you? How does that feel? Oh, it feels horrible. <laughs> um, it feels like um, self-sabotage. Um, it feels, I think the best analogy that I've used to describe it with is, I'm in a bird cage. It's a very pretty cage. Uh, it's very comfortable. All the things that I know are around me. Um, and the, the door to this cage is wide open. I just have to stand on the ledge and decide to fly. But the thing about this cage is I know it, it's familiar, it's comfortable. I don't know what's outside of that cage. I don't know what will wait for me. I don't know what success actually looks like. Um, so I'm afraid of jumping and letting myself fly. I am also afraid of what it will mean for my current lifestyle because I'm comfortable. Like. I am, 
I have this a negative self narrative of being lazy, um, which actually isn't laziness. It just stems from from being um, undiagnosed with ADD for a long time, <laughs> and I'm a master procrastinator and all these wonderful things that make so I need a lot of downtime. I need a lot of recuperation. I can't take three, five clients in a day. That to me is insane. I can barely take one a week. Um, so having that makes me feel lazy. And so, well, if I'm successful, then I, I can't be, I can't allow myself to be lazy. Then I need to hold myself to certain standards and I have this doubt in me that I'm able to do that, though I know that I can. I still am afraid of taking that jump because it means that I'm going to be out of my comfort zone. I'm going to be uncomfortable and I have a very hard time being in discomfort. So that's basically what it looks like to me. And it means that I do a ton of self-sabotage, a ton of it. A lot of it is is without me knowing, like on un, un, uh, subconscious. Sure. So it sounds like the the fear of success in your case sounds like it's actually a conglomeration of several things, right? It's that that safety zone, that comfort zone, the familiarity. It's also that internal narrative that you have and recognizing that, um, or at least telling yourself. I mean, it's not necessarily true that you would be required to do more than one shoot a week, right? Perhaps you um, account for that in pricing or, or other things, but you're telling yourself that if you did, then this is what it would have to look like in order for you to be successful. So it sounds like it's kind of a combination of some assumptions that you have about what a successful life looks like. And then also um, that fear of stepping outside of the comfort zone and maybe losing everything that you have built for yourself so far. Exactly. Now, mind you, I'm really good at stepping out of my comfort zone. So there's none of this that actually makes sense. I moved to a different country. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> so there is no, there is no uh, sense in it. There's no logic in it. It is all negative self-talk, all these <clears throat> inner insecurities that are popping their ugly faces and saying, hi, we are here. You're not allowed to progress from here. And you need to work through us before you can level up. Right. And I think you said something that I think is really important too for folks to remember. So if you're just joining us today, this week we're talking about internal conflicts and the things that we personally struggle with um, on our journey toward becoming the kind of artist, creator, business person that we want to be. And today's topic is fear of success. And we're diving into that a little bit and finding out what that looks like. And Sisla, uh, you just mentioned the fact that you're really, really good at moving outside of those comfort zones in certain areas. And I think it's important for us to remember that if we struggle in a certain place, that doesn't necessarily mean that that mindset is the same all across the board, right? We really do exist on a spectrum. So while we might have a growth mindset or while we might be really comfortable moving past our struggle points in other areas of our life, um, I have something similar to you where I will cut off all my hair. Like I will, I will cut it all off. So there's, you know, almost nothing left, but I have a really hard time dyeing my hair. I thought it would be so cool to have like purple hair or maybe, you know, pink hair or something. But um, there's something in me that tells me I'm just not a cool enough person to pull that off. Like cool people can have colorful hair and I'm just not cool enough for that. I don't know why that maintains, um, I'll chop it all off, but I can't dye it, even though it can be dyed back. There's just something in there that, um, that puts up a wall and you've been able to move to an entirely different country and build a life and a career for yourself. And yet this idea of success, of, of pushing to that point where you can look at yourself and say, I am successful is really, really hard. And so, um, for everybody who is listening today, it's important to remember that we can't blame ourselves and think that because a rule applies in one area of our life, it should equally apply in all areas of our life, because that's just not the case. That's not how our experience or our brains work. Um, and I do want to say something as well, before we continue just really diving into this topic, people be gentle with yourselves. 
when we have a conflict or a confrontation we have to have with somebody else, a client, a loved one, a coworker, a friend, um, we're really often careful about what we say and how we approach those confrontations because we care about that person. We don't want to hurt them. We want to try to maintain a relationship. We want the end result to be good for everybody. When we're talking about these internal conflicts that we have, let's extend ourselves the same courtesy. Be gentle with yourself. Don't be mean to yourself. Don't berate yourself if this is something that you struggle with. Every time it pops up in your head, stop saying to yourself, oh, you're such a loser. How can you still be fighting with this issue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't do those things, okay? Be gentle with yourself. You're much, much more likely to be able to move past your struggles if you give yourself some grace and you understand that what's going on is natural and that you should not be blamed. You should not be shamed, especially by yourself, okay? All right, so let's see if we can tackle these issues that Cicela is having one at a time. And if you have struggled in the past with this fear of success, hopefully, um, you recognize some of these things in yourself and, and some of the conclusions that we come to or the ideas that we get, maybe those things can help you as well. So I think the first thing that we really want to look at here is comfort zones, right? And it's really incredibly, really incredibly difficult for us to push ourselves outside of our comfort zones. There are psychological and physiological reasons for this. One is that when you look from an evolutionary perspective, you recognize that our brain's main goal is to keep us alive. And familiarity often means safety because you're able to react to situations in your familiar place. Um, you know what's about to happen. You can predict the outcome. And so that means safety. When we step outside of comfort zones, we're stepping into the unknown, we're stepping into danger. There are potential dangers there that we cannot predict and we can't always predict the outcome. And so our brain will very quickly step in and start giving us all of the negative things that could potentially happen if we take this risk. Um, everybody's gonna laugh at you. <laughs> Nobody's gonna understand your work. Nobody will buy. This market is too saturated for a photographer like you. Nobody will buy this kind of work. Um, you're gonna invest your life savings and then you'll have nothing. There are just uh, so many different things that your brain could potentially come up with to convince you that this idea is going to fail because its main goal is to keep you somewhere safe. So first, we need to understand that that is a thing, because if we don't recognize that part of our psychology, that there's nothing malevolent in it, it's literally purely just self-protection, then we may think that there's something wrong with us, that other people don't have these feelings, but we do, and that's just not the case. Everybody will have some resistance to moving outside of their comfort zone. And like Cicela said, she didn't really have, you know, she was able to move past that when it came to things like moving to a new country. But in this area where a big part of our self-identity lies, the idea of taking that risk and disappointing ourselves is a whole different ballgame. So I just wanted to make sure that we look at those two things before we get started. And I would love to hear first from the rest of the panelists, do you guys deal with this fear of success with this resistance to stepping outside of your comfort zones and pursuing that thing that you want? And if you do, what are some ways that you get past that? So fear of success is a huge thing that I've uncovered in my world. Um, and it was really only through a lot of work over a lot of years that I was able to identify it. And part of that identification, like you said, you know, our brains are trying to keep us comfortable, but you have to look at, it's very easy, I should say, it's very easy to go on WebMD and be like, I've got a sniffle. And suddenly you've got pancreatic cancer, right? Just because you started looking at symptoms and you're thinking about all these things and suddenly it's way worse than you than it really is. But I think identifying the fear of success, first and foremost, you have to look at behavior patterns over a long period of time. You can't just say, oh, I'm worried about this, therefore I have a fear of success and I'm doomed. I think really it's putting a lot of those puzzle pieces together to say, all right, is this something that I really need to look at? Meaning, am I feeling 
anxious every time I get a new project or new responsibility or um, things are going to get more complicated, therefore I'm worried about that. Or you're putting too much weight on what other people say or have, have talked about with the challenges in their life. So you're trying to stay comfortable and avoid all of that. I think, you know, when when we're looking at fear of success, we have to understand that that anxiety um, can be rooted in a lot of other things than just the present of what we're looking at. Hey, if you were doing something as a kid and you were rocking and rolling and someone made fun of you for being successful at it, well, suddenly that that part of you wants to shut down and never do that thing again. But if that part of your soul keeps pulling you back to do the thing, you could have this fear that, you know, if you do it too well, you're going to be made fun of or outcast or whatnot. A lot of that can manifest much, much later in life. And it can manifest in ways like procrastination, right? Not even setting any goals, the self-sabotage that we've talked about a, a few times over the course of the week. And, you know, it's really um, a complex subject that's not easily identifiable unless you're looking over a period of time at your own behaviors and some of the ups and downs that you experience. But I think, you know, for me specifically, not to just keep talking and talking and talking, me specifically, I realized that it was things like fear of being made in fun of, um, you know, giving into my social anxiety, um, you know, being shamed for being too good at something. Um, and I don't say that, you know, twisting my arm and, and patting myself on the back, but when you're young and you, you know, you're really proud of something you've done, if you're made fun of because of that, that can have some negative consequences down the line. So my point in this entire diatribe is to say it takes a long time to identify a true fear of success versus real anxiety. And even with real anxiety, it's just worrying about things you cannot control. So if you're fearful of succeeding, well, have you succeeded yet? And is there truth in that story that you're telling yourself that it's something to fear? So um, I wanted to throw that on the table as well, Nicole, as just you know some additional talking points. Yeah, I think you have a really good point there, Matt. I mean, we certainly do. Um, we have to be careful not to self-diagnose. Um, but when we do have to start noticing those patterns in our behavior, we do need to look back and say, you know, is this the thing that continues to happen? Am I repeating this every time I get close to where I want to be? Am I cutting myself off somehow? Um, and and be able to notice those patterns because that's the only way we're going to be able to halt them in the first place. So I, I absolutely agree with you there. And then also, I think, um, you know, you mentioned being too good at things. And as kids, of course, you know, we experience this kids are mean, but even some of us as adults will experience this as well. You know, we have so many artists and, um, and creatives in this room, whether you are creative in an, an what would be considered a traditionally non-creative career field. Creativity is not stuck in one place. So you can be the most, you know, creative dentist in the world. It, that's still a thing. So, you know, don't get stuck too much on that idea. But um having so many creatives here, you probably have experienced when you do something and you share the thing and then some people show up and will say, God, can you leave some talent for the rest of us? Are you good at everything? Isn't there anything you can't do? And it sounds on the surface like they're complimenting you when what's really happening is they're pushing their insecurities off on you in the sound of a compliment. And when you hear that often enough, it certainly can have some negative psychological impacts where, okay, maybe I shouldn't say this to people anymore. Maybe I shouldn't share this anymore. So um, definitely, I think, Matt, it's really important for us to keep in mind that those things might be influencing our actions when it comes to uh, if we if we do have this fear of success and where that comes from and being able to look at that and try to pinpoint those places where I do this every single time. Maybe I sabotage myself by giving up and starting a new project or not finishing all of my projects to completion or going off on side quests or 
um, quitting my career and starting a new one. And of course, like we talked about before, sometimes those things might be us just actually course correcting, right? But we won't know until, like you said, we look back at these behaviors and realize just as I was starting to be successful in each one of these places, I ran away, I pushed it away, I, I did something to sabotage that. So I think those are really, really good points that we have to keep in mind. Does anybody else on the panel today have yeah. anything else? Yeah, please go ahead, Bassan. Yeah, no, I, I really wanna build on what Matt said because I think he's touching the core of the subject. Uh, yeah, the, the thing about fear is, or so the fear of success is, and, and maybe any any other fear, is that sometimes it's not necessarily about the thing itself. It's not about being afraid of success itself. Because I think we all we all want to succeed. We all you know we can imagine what that looks like, whether it's monetary, whether it's otherwise. And and what Matt's pointing out that it's it's usually something else that we're afraid of that success may bring, right? So his example of of uh, uh, you know something in my childhood happened, and I don't want to face that again. And I'm afraid if I'm successful, I may have to face that feeling again. Uh, in my case, uh, you know how we are, or or you know example if there's a if there's a guy, somebody who's an introvert and they may say, listen, if I become successful, it may mean I have to step out in public. It may mean I have to be uh, in, in, a dis, you know, in a zone that I'm not comfortable in and therefore I don't want to face that. And, and therefore I do all the things that you know, Matt pointed out, some of them that I do so I don't succeed, right? In my case, uh, it's, the, you know, it's, it's the... I tend to pride myself on not being boastful. I don't like bragging. I don't want to stand out as somebody that that that's bigger than life. And and I I'm kind of thinking that my fear of success comes from the fact that if I am successful, I may be in a position where people may look at me and say, "Oh, he is so full of himself. Oh, he is so both boastful," and so on and so forth. And that could be why. I display everything Cecilia talked about, which is that sense, and I've talked about it here before, and how many times have I said that I'm kind of basically lazy and I procrastinate, right? But thinking about it, it these things are connected, right? And it's starting to make sense in my mind that that it's, it's not fear of success itself, it's all the things that make me who I am, which are as a result of all the patterns and all the, you know, the, the way I grew up to be and my, my worldview and so on, and avoiding the consequence of being successful. That makes yeah, sense. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Sorry, it took me just a second to hit my unmute. Um, I think I think you're absolutely right, which is why, you know, in the beginning, talking to Cicela, I wanted to hear, you know, when, when this is going on for you, what is happening, you know, actively? Because oftentimes what's going on is we have things that are manifesting and then the result is we pull away from success, right? But like you said, often it isn't um, it isn't necessarily the idea of success in itself. It is all of the accompanying, um, the tributaries of that river that we're like, whoa, this is, and they're often things that stem directly from our internal, our, our other internal issues, our, our ideas of who we are and um, comfort zones and all of that kind of stuff. And I have a friend who, um, has a really hard time putting themselves out there in public. They're an incredibly talented artist, but it's really difficult for them to step forward. And in conversation with them, one of the reasons that we discovered is that their parents were both um, performers and had this thing where they always kind of had to be the center of attention in every situation. And my friend always found that incredibly uncomfortable. And so when it's time for them to put themselves in a position where they should be getting that kind of attention, they find it kind of narcissistic, even though they don't believe that necessarily of other people, there's something internally that says, you know, you're searching for attention, you're this and that. And so they, they have a block around being able to do that for themselves. So I think you're absolutely right that they're, they're, it's often not the thing itself, but what is attached to the thing that we become afraid of um, inviting into our lives or, subjecting ourselves to so yeah i would i'd absolutely agree with you yeah there. yeah and, and and matt matt used an example of, of one of the things that we tend to do is we set goals that are kind of relatively low right so that kind of that explains why 
you know, we have this concept of think big and some people can think big and some people think small and it's, it's really putting a limit on ourselves and thinking small because that keeps us in our comfort zone and that that's not success. You know, so if I charge a thousand dollars for my, for my images and somebody charges 5,000, yeah, that's real success. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready for that. So I'm just going to put this self constraint in place so that I don't, you know, uh, I don't get that side effect of being successful, right? So that's a good example of, of something we may do. And, and to add on right, to that, sure. and to add on to that, Bassam, you know, there's a lot of people like we hear about it all the time. Oh, I'm working 18 hours a day. I'm sacrificing. I haven't seen my family. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. If you hear that enough from enough people, you're like, well, successful sounds like it sucks, like it sounds like a lot of work and I don't want to do those things. I don't want to have that pain. And so you settle back into that comfort zone, right? Or you set goals that are so easily achievable that you can mask it with, oh yeah, no, I'm successful. I hit that goal. But, you know, you had to step over a six inch pole. You weren't exactly, you know, high jumping in the Olympics. So, you know, when you're setting goals that that aren't making you uncomfortable where you can push past it and grow. It's something to look at. If you're constantly, you know, achieving all of your goals all of the time and you're still feeling a little bit weird or not where you want to be, those are some of the indications that there might be an underlying issue. Yeah, and I want to say something. I'm not sure how it's going to come out. All right. So forgive me if it comes out wrong. Okay. But we also tend to, uh, get satisfaction that even like, for example, the example I gave about a thousand dollars or $5,000, we get the satisfaction that when I charge my thousand dollars and I feel good because I achieved it, others that are charging 200 and 300 are looking up to us and they validate that we're successful in a way. I don't know if that came out right, but that kind of tends to reinforce the fact that you're doing well. So be satisfied with that because others have validated that you're you're pretty good. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. does it? And it, it, it kind of plays into that whole, um, it gives us a reason not to push too hard, right? Because we don't want to be the person who climbed up to the top of the ladder and fell off, right? Like, if we knew we were successful there and everything was okay, it feels a lot better to stay there than it does to risk climbing up 10 more feet only to fall all the way to the ground past where we were at before. And we also have the fear of, for me, often what the fear of success looks like is, is, is feeling like if I get up there and I fail, I will have finally proved to myself that I was the failure I believed myself to be the whole time. Right? Like, this limiting belief of I can get this far, but no farther. Cause once I try to get up there and play with the big boys, that's where I'm going to fall and prove absolutely. that I never should have been there in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so Erica had her hand raised, would love to hear from her as well. And then if anybody else is in the audience today, if y'all have dealt with this fear of success, if you have, um, have a hard time moving forward and past that, or if you have moved past it, we'd love to hear how you did that because that's, the end of the conversation today, we're right now really drilling down on some of these things that could be contributing to that fear. But then we want to really talk about how do we get past that? What steps do we have to take to, uh, to overcome that? So Erica, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, kind of um, in relation to what Bassam was saying, um, I think it's important to say that we are the ones who get to define what success is. Um, not anybody else. So, you know, um, in his example of, you know, 5,000 versus 1,000, um, you know, somebody could be thinking that 1,000 is, is successful and, you know, it suits their life and it, um, it works for them and therefore they have achieved that success. So, um, you know, I think there's a fine balance between, you know, setting the bar low and not trying to strive for more. And then also balancing, like, I, I personally don't want to feel unsuccessful all my life. You know, I want to feel like I have a level of success no matter where I am. So, 
at this point in my life, I feel successful. Um, are there goals that I want to achieve? Heck yeah, there are. But I, I don't want to beat myself up in the level that I am at, you know, until I reach those goals, because it, it just, in my opinion, that's just not um, the feeling I want to have all the time. So I'm finding this success in the level I'm at right now, and then setting my goals realistically higher to try to reach new levels of success. It, I totally get what you're saying, Erica, and, and there's there's absolute uh, um, there's absolute uh, truth to saying this is my definition of success. But often, in my case, even though I, and I'm just going to make up this example, even though I set my number at a thousand, deep down I I I, I know that I want to be at that five thousand dollars. So the real definition of success in my mind is being at the $5,000. So there's that conflict, but then I do everything else to justify that the $1,000 is good enough. So that comes back to, yeah, it's up to us to set our you know, success, but this is where this fear of success that we're talking about gets in the way. That's how I, you know, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And and it's how how, how comfortable are we in managing our, our goals and our, our, our definition of success. Right. And I, I totally get what you're saying. And it requires us to be honest with ourselves. Like, are we really okay with that $1,000 or are we just settling or, you know, so I get what you're saying. You know, it's, it takes a lot of soul searching. Well, I, I know I'm settling. I, I am whatever my number is today. I know I'm settling. And it's just how do I deal with this and get out of it? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Right? For sure. I think both of you guys have really incredible points. And ultimately what this comes down to, um, you know, Matt mentioned being able to look back over our history and recognize the things that we do and the patterns of behavior. And I think that will be a really good clue for us if what we're doing is honestly settling or if what we're doing is defining what success looks like and then being comfortable to be there we really we have to know ourselves we have to do that soul searching in order to know whether or not that's true for us so um you know it's just important to have a look at that and and i think you're absolutely right there and erica you're correct we each have to define what success looks like for us and whether what we're doing right now is the thing and i think I think often we will recognize that. I mean, it's really clear that for Bassam, he he feels the fact that, okay, it's not like this is bad, right? Like where he's at in his business, it's not like it's bad. He just knows that it's not where he wants to stay. But there would be a difference if he were to say, no, you know what? I'm just really happy here. I like the way my life looks. I like the comfort of my business. This is just good for me. Maybe someday I'll 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 move on, but I'm not in a hurry. I'm happy. And I think we will know that about ourselves. You know what I mean? Like we will, we will begin to feel that internal compass start to move and we'll start to feel that discomfort and recognize that something is not right about what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, I think, I think we will, we will probably feel those things when it's, it's not the right spot. Yeah, I, I agree. It's more, it's, it's more than probably, I, I think it's an area where, it, it, it's very obvious and it's easy to be honest with yourself in this case. It, it, it's, I think it's what you think about all the time. In my case, that's what I think about all the time. So it is obvious to me. Yep. Yep. I think that's correct. So guys, what do we do? Um, you know, we've talked about the fact that this fear of success is probably really a conglomeration of several things. It's the difficulty of forcing ourselves outside of our comfort zones. It's, um, behaviors that have kind of been built in from other experiences in our life, maybe from the time we were younger. It is looking toward the future and making these assumptions about what success looks like and the difficulties that will be waiting for us there, questioning whether or not we're prepared for that. And also tied into that fear of success can be the fear of failure of once I get there, now I have to maintain. I can't just relax and be lazy anymore. I'm, I'm going to be struggling 
to try to live that life? Do I really want that? So there's a lot that's tied into this. How do we start moving past these fears or dealing with these fears so that we can get to where we want to go? Don't everybody else speak up at once now? <laughs> well, that's, that's the difficult part, so I, I don't have any input. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So Nicole, was it, um, what do we, what do we do to get past it? Yeah. What do we do now? Like we know some of these things that are definitely contributing to that fear of success. So what do we do with that knowledge? How do we move past these things? I mean, the simple answer is, is find help. Right. And, and I don't mean that flippantly. It's, it's, if you've identified these issues as something in your life and it's causing lack of motivation. It's causing you to be stuck. You're not setting goals. You're procrastinating far more than you used to. Like all of the, the things that just keep you from having a good quality of life and, you know, um, having the things that you do want, find help in a mentor or a therapist or someone that you trust that can help work you through some of these issues. Me, I'm a big believer in therapy, clearly. I mean, you're going to have counselors that specialize in this type of stuff and can really maybe dig into some of the roots of the problems if you feel like you have those symptoms. The other part of it is in a business sense, you just may need a business mentor to be like, hey, I've been down the road, you're traveling, everything's going to be fine, just come with me on this. Let me be your accountability partner. Let me pull you through. For me, that's been you know, all of those things I've tried and all have been successful with because it was identifying the issues that were causing the fear and then secondarily finding someone to help me push past them. My therapist isn't exactly going to tell me how to get more clients, but if I can find a mentor that can help me push past some of those things and get past the fear of rejection, the imposter syndrome, all of the elements of that fear of success, then I stand a better chance at moving past that and being able to recognize it when it rears its head up down the line. So yeah, I just, I find someone way better at it than me and I talk to them. So find help. That's yeah. That's that that was the long way of saying find yeah. help. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the, the, the description, the descriptions are fantastic. I'm just, um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm cataloging everything in my head so I can make sure that we cover it all again at the end. Um, yeah. So, so find help. I mean, obviously in this group, we're trying to help one another, but like you said, it's important for us to find an individual that we can talk to about our business and what we're doing. And so they can address, you know, our peculiar situation instead of what the assumptions might be about somebody in our situation. And, so, and with that, it, it, in my experience needs to be someone unbiased, someone you don't know well, it's very easy for me to complain to you about my fears and get, you know, someone to commiserate with you. But like we said yesterday, you need someone that's going to stab you in the chest, not in the back and uh, mm -hmm. be able to, you know, kind of be unbiased about it and lay things out on the table for you. Right. Really, really good point. This is why business coaches can be so, so valuable because they want the best for you. They want to do well. They want you to do well, but they don't have a stake in being nice to you. Right. <laughs> um, not, I shouldn't say not being nice to you, but and sparing your feelings, I guess I, should, I guess I should say. Um, so Lee also came up. Lee, hello, would love to hear what you think about this whole fear of success issue and all the kind of accompanying difficulties. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, may I guess in short? I'm sorry, what's that? Had a call come through. Can you hear oh, me? Okay. Yep, we got. I guess in short, uh, a lot of what we're talking about has a lot to do with self-talk and self-love. So, um, you know, when it comes to these things, uh, it's the whole paradox of a lot of what we're seeking externally is found internally. So, everything that we're kind of talking about and addressing is things that we're always going to have to, to face internally or on our own. Um, you know, even with the, the aspect of asking for help, you know, that's super important. Um, it's a major piece to, to everyone's journey. And at the same time, there is no 
guru, savior, monk, anything that's ever going to be able to to um, save you, so to speak. Um, and I say that because everybody that, that is on your path, whether it may be a, a mentor, uh, a coach, um, a teacher, whatever, um, it's always going to come back to you and, and what you're doing for yourself, how you're, and most importantly, how you're te- talking and treating yourself. You know, words and thoughts have power and they manifest in different ways. And so, you know, my only piece of advice through my own journey, um, and I won't bore everybody with that story, is that, um, you know, the biggest thing you can focus on is how you're speaking to yourself because we all have that that voice in the back of our mind. And, and once we swallow that pill of realizing that really every aspect of our life, we have, we have, uh, I don't, don't want to say the word control because as people we get fixated on control, but every aspect of our life we have um, contributed to in one way, shape or form unconsciously or consciously. And so when we take that responsibility, realizing that we have, co-created our life in a way um every bit of it uh it becomes a big responsibility in in uh realization and a need for, to bring more awareness to what it is that we're thinking saying doing um and really being aware of that yeah you're so rightly and i mean this is a kind of a continuing topic of conversation here in this group the fact that our internal narratives are some of the most important things that we can pay attention to, particularly when we're starting to recognize habits or behaviors that are not helpful. And um, I think the first thing that we have to keep in mind when some of our behaviors are tied to what we've been saying to ourselves, we need to remember the fact that we can change that, that it's not like these are codes that are baked into the hardware of our brain. These are software. These are things that can be uninstalled and can be changed and can be altered if we choose to. But first we have to recognize that it can happen. You have to believe that it can happen. You have to kind of cultivate that growth mindset around the internal narratives, around the way that you think. And that can go 90% of the way towards getting us to a place where we can move past some of these internal conflicts. And that's not to say that it's easy, It is a struggle when you hear yourself say these things to yourself. You have to be present enough in your thoughts to catch them and then to change and redirect them. And that can be a really big struggle because often those narratives are kind of quietly running in the background. We we don't really notice them. We only notice the effect of them until we start paying attention. So that's why... We've talked about being present before, but that's why really being present in your thoughts, listening to yourself, taking that time to check in with yourself and hear what you're saying is so critical to changing some of these behaviors because you need to recognize the fact that you say to yourself, oh, but if I get there and I fail, everybody's going to see it, right? You have to, You have to recognize that thought. You have to step in and go, why am I condemning myself before I've even gotten to the bridge? Like I can deal with that problem if it happens and when I get there, but I have to get there first. So you can start changing those thoughts that you have. You just have to recognize them. And then you have to be willing to repeat them to yourself over and over again, enough times that they begin to stick and they become the thought that pops up instead of the negative self-talk. And if you are not accompanying this self-talk with behaviors that support it, you're not gonna believe what you have to say. And this is why it's so important for us to earn confidence with ourselves, to prove to ourselves that we are capable of doing hard things so that we know when I say this thing to myself, I'm not just blowing smoke up my own ass. I'm not lying to make myself feel better. I'm telling myself what can absolutely be true if I'm willing to put in the effort, because I have shown myself already in the past that I can do anything if I'm willing to fight for it. So 
starting with changing those internal narratives and then supporting that, reinforcing that with our actions and behaviors, at that point, there's just about nothing that can't, that we can't accomplish. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I think it's a hugely valuable part of this conversation. Um, so belief is a strong force. Um, if anybody wants to Google a quote from a, one of my favorite movies, if you go to Google and just type in Cloud Atlas belief quote, um, it's pretty interesting. Um, and he, and even little things like you said, like, and I'm not, and I'm not picking on you by any means. So hopefully it doesn't come off like this, but changing that word from like struggle to, to challenge. So instead of saying, Hey, this is a, and I'm speaking to myself when I, you know, oftentimes when we remind or talk about things, that other people are we're reminding ourselves. Um, but changing that word from struggle to challenge, you know, just has a different feel to it. And, and those words that we say have certain certain feelings or, or how it makes us feel and so that's like to your point how we change our beliefs is through our thoughts and then how those thoughts make us feel and then associating those feelings with a certain experience and um you know going down that rabbit hole yeah you're absolutely 100 percent right and i think it's really worth noting the fact of the power of words. And I know I've talked about this before as a writer, obviously this is part of what my career is, but um, you're absolutely right. Even sometimes changing the entire narrative can be tricky because there's a lot to change, but just changing a word, like you said, changing from uh, struggle to challenge, that completely sets everything on a different playing field. It, it changes the rules of the game and helps alter your perception of what it is you're actually doing. So I'm, I'm 100% on board with you there. Yeah, it chips away at the layers, you know. Sorry, my son's having a good time. Um, oh, don't be sorry. He's great. <laughs> uh, you know, it chips away at the layers, even, you know, those little pieces. Um, you know, I had a mentor uh, um teach me something too. I can't remember the term he used for what these words are considered. I think it's disjunctive, we called them, but like I just did, like anytime you say like, but, or just, or, you know, you have that, that um, word in between sentences that oftentimes can be replaced with like, uh, with a, with simply a pause and stuff. Cause normally when we say, but it can oftentimes mean that we're contra that we're basically, canceling what what it is we said before that you can you know for example you can say you know i blah 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 but you know chances are when somebody says but they're like all right what you just said basically gets canceled out so a cool thing to do is start uh to pay attention to that and it really slows down your mind and slows down the words that you're using because you're starting to think about man if i do say but did i really did i really just pretty much cancel out what I said. And oftentimes when you really feel into it, you, you did, you know, cause when you're trying to say things or explain things or justify things and you use that, uh, I think, think he called it, uh, disjunctive, you know, it oftentimes is assigned to our own, it goes back to our own inner self talk and how we're truly feeling or thinking. And we're not necessarily expressing that, um, in the most direct, in the most direct way. So that's another like little trick you can do to start paying attention to pay attention to start uh, when you start using and other people start using butts and just mm -hmm. um, and things like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I want to give an example of that before I ask Ari to share his thoughts, um, because sometimes hearing hearing it said this way will make a big difference. So I can say I really want to be successful, but I'm lazy. I I might, I'm lazy, but I want to be successful. That's not the perfect example, but if, even if I switch them, so I, I kept the butt in there, but if I switch them, I love you, but you're really getting on my nerves. You're really getting on my nerves, but I love you. One says this, this action or this thought is qualified by the second thing. The second thing overpowers the first thing. Um, so even switching them, even if you don't remove them, but you switch those two things, you can see why having the butt in there <laughs> makes a really big difference. Um, and so I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think people should experiment um, 
notice yourself talk, notice what you're saying. When you flip things around, see how it sounds to you and recognize sometimes you have to see the thing in a better sense for you to recognize how badly you've been talking to yourself. So um, definitely look at that. And uh, I want to, oh, go ahead, go respond. And then I want to hear from Ari. Oh, no. Clubhouse blinking thing. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, Ari, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this whole this whole fear of success and what we do about it, Quest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess I just, I don't think it, what I'm going to say is, is so different, just maybe have a different way of putting it. Um, it's, it's definitely a topic that even just in the last year or two, I spent a lot of time thinking about and, and discussing. Um, you know, uh, one way to put it is all, you know, the negative self-talk and, and how we are often um, our own worst critic and, and, and blocks. Um, and another way that it often gets put is this idea of imposter syndrome, um, you know, where, you know, we feel that, you know, we hesitate to take a next step because we feel like we're, we're not really there. We're imposters and, and what have you. And especially in a creative world or in a, uh, a place where you're by yourself as a solopreneur or, or entrepreneur, um, it's easy to get into that mind frame. And, and um, because like, let's say using photography as a craft, one can always improve and do more. So there's no cue to say, okay, I've reached this level. I've reached this, this level of proficiency that, so that one wouldn't feel like an imposter. Um, and without having those like, you know, discernible um, objective uh, barrier uh, levels to cross, it's easy to fall back into, oh, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. And, and uh, feel like an imposter. And I guess the two um, points I wanted to add to, to what you said, Nicole, especially um, in terms of the, the negative self-talk and, and, and um, uh, treating yourself with grace. I absolutely agree. One way that has been um, taught to me and, and sort of drilled into me uh, by a, a very uh, established and, and famous uh, rabbi in my community, um, he said all the time, he said, words are bullets. And, you know, when you use them, um, especially against yourself, you're shooting yourself. And, and that is something that, that, that way of, of, uh, putting it really has resonated with me over time. And, um, it's something that I try to keep in my mind when, you know, doing a, uh, self-analysis. And I guess that leads to the second point, um, which is that, especially when we are alone um, and it's difficult to do a fair self-analysis of whether our fear of, of imposter syndrome type thing or um, is valid or not, you know, it's important to have people around you or people that you can use as mentors to give you that reality check um, in whether it's qualifications or in ruminations or whatever to help balance you and you know stabilize you as a, as a rock that will give you the honest truth and there are many times where i will go to a mentor and say here's what's going on in my head what is the reality you know i'm feeling off balance i'm not sure which which reality is the, the true one um and that often helps me you know sort of uh stabilize by holding on to that rock if i you know continue the metaphor um or maybe simile, I get confused which one's at which, but regardless, um, you know, the example. So, uh, yeah, that's my two cents. Appreciate the space and, and, uh, I am complete. Yeah. I, I know we're close to the end of our hour, but there's been so much good stuff here today. And so, um, I want to get final thoughts. Let's try to focus on what we actually can actively do to move ourselves past these places. I know we've covered a few things and I will summarize at the end, but if anybody else has any, anything else that they have used to help them deal with these feelings, move past these places, um, you know, overcome these hurdles, handle these challenges, etc. What have you done or what advice could you give to someone to help them deal with this fear of success. If you're in the audience today, please feel free to raise your hand. We'll grab you up. You know, one more thing that I've talked about here 150 times, I'm sure, is 
practicing meditation and just kind of quieting your mind. Um, a lot of times for me, my anxiety gets so ahead of itself and I'm worrying about things I can't control when I can control my own breathing and think about that and just be self-aware and observant of the thoughts that go through my head. A lot of times um, the issues that I have seem to be reduced. They don't seem as large or insurmountable anymore. And all it takes is about 20 minutes of some quiet time to be able to do that. So just one more technique that works for me. It's not for everybody, but it works for me. Yep. I agree. Um, I notice when I meditate, my anxiety, my general anxiety goes way down. So also it helps you to be more mindful of your thoughts and to be a little bit more in your body so you can recognize when that's happening. Um, dear friend David Parrish has a kind of fantastic technique for this, not the meditation part, but the being mindful part. Whenever he's kind of built the habit for himself that whenever he starts to notice his physiology change, so if he is starting to feel upset or frustrated or whatever's going on, he stops and asks himself, where did this come from? What started causing these behaviors? Like what thoughts was I having right before this emotion, this response was triggered? And go back and look at that and find out what you were thinking so that you can start asking yourself those questions like, well, is this true? Um, are there, there supporting evidence for this thing? When I look at my past, has this been true in my past, etc.? So you can start putting whatever's going on in perspective. So meditating, being present, being mindful, really paying attention to those cues so you can find out what you were thinking. All super, super important. Anybody else have any other pieces of advice before we start to close down for yeah, I don't have anything specific myself, but I, as we were talking today, I was kind of looking for some articles. I found this article that I just uh, posted in the Facebook group uh, for anybody who's interested. It, it outlines six types of fear, of, uh, six personas. It's actually very well done. Yeah, six personas or six types of fear of success and how to, how to deal with them. Uh, so you can, it was very easy for me to see myself, where do I fit within those six personas? And it gives quite detailed, uh, uh, yeah, thanks for putting that up there, Nicole, uh, the Facebook group. So yeah, if you're interested in, in, in reading something uh, about the subject, I just posted it in the Facebook group. Anybody else? All right, y'all. This was a really fantastic and important conversation today as we talked about the fear of success, what that actually means, right? How often it's not necessarily the fear of success itself. It is the things that accompany either the journey toward it or our assumptions about what it will look like to be successful. And that will include things like um, if we have any negative self-talk, if we have uh, fears of what will be outside of our comfort zone, our comfort zone itself, and the desire to protect ourselves by staying somewhere that is safe, somewhere that is recognizable, somewhere where we can predict the outcomes and we don't have to take those emotional risks that will accompany putting ourselves in a place where it's possible to fail. Um, often the fear of success is not necessarily the fear of the success itself but the fear of the success not looking like what we thought it would, of thinking when I get this, then I'll be fulfilled, then I'll be happy. But recognizing deep down that our happiness has nothing to do with what titles we can give ourselves or what accomplishments we can say we have and everything to do with how well we can be with ourselves and happy and comfortable and content with who we are. Um, there's just a lot to unpack and each of us is going to have to look at ourselves, take that time to be mindful and to ask ourselves those questions because we need to know if we feel this fear of success. And if we look back over our lives and we discover, Oh, every time I start to become successful, I will sabotage it somehow. I will quit. I will leave. I will, et cetera, et cetera. 
I look back, I see this pattern of behavior. It's clear to me that anytime I start getting close to success, I will find some way to sabotage that. I need to be present with myself, be gentle with myself and ask these questions so I can find out what is really contributing to me sabotaging my ability to get to where I say I want to go. Is it because I have behaviors that I'm carrying with me from some trauma in my past? Is it because I don't believe I deserve to be there, um, to have that thing? Is it because I believe money is bad? Is it because I have been telling myself my whole life that I'm lazy and that I'm a failure and if I get this thing, I'm sure to lose it? Um, there's a, a lot that can potentially be tied to this fear that we have to understand for ourselves because it's not going to be the same for each person and you can't take my issues and make the assumption that yours are the same and try to put in place um, band-aids or fixes or um, you know any kind of steps that'll work for me and make the assumption that they work for you. This is one of those things you really do have to explore. So find help, find somebody who will be willing to tell you the truth, even if it's not comfortable, who will stab you in the front, not in the back. Um, who is willing to hurt your feelings if it means telling you what you need to hear. And you must be willing to live in the discomfort of finding that out for yourself so that you can move past those things. Make sure that you're paying attention to the way that you talk to yourself, to what's going on in your inner monologue. Are you saying to yourself unhelpful and hurtful things? Are you couching your problems or the, the issues that you're facing in language that does not set you up for success. Um, as Lee mentioned earlier, even just changing a single word like struggle, changing that to challenge, watching out if you're using qualifying words like but, and seeing what that means when you actually do use them. Um, there's just a lot that you're gonna have to pay attention to, but you have to recognize that these thought patterns and these behaviors can change that is the great um the great reason the human race has become what we are today some of that obviously is not fant <laughs> not fantastic but there's a reason that we have dominated the entire earth and it is in our ability to change there's a reason humans can live in every climate that exists and that is our adaptability our ability to change our thoughts, our patterns, our behaviors to become successful in the environments that we're in. But in order to do that, we either have to first believe that we're capable of that change, or we have to be stuffed in that environment, whether we like it or not, and forced to change or fall. And most of us, I think, would choose to change those behaviors on ourselves because if we wait for those motivating moments for losing a job, for being thrust into a situation that we didn't prepare ourselves for, we absolutely can still grow wings and fly in that situation, but the struggle is going to be an entirely different magnitude and much more, um, there's a lot more on the line when we allow those things to happen instead of recognizing the fact that we can change the way that we think and the way that we behave if we're willing to put in the work. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Also, can never ever recommend therapy enough. If this is something you feel like is really standing in your path, has been having negative influences on your life for a long time now, man, please find a therapist. And this is not to say that you can't get good advice here or from friends or from family members, but you need that person like Matt was talking about who is going to allow you to get real glimpses into your life um, that are objective, that you would not necessarily have been able to get from somebody who has a vested interest in keeping you happy with them. So can't, can't you know, suggest that path enough. That was a really long one. There's a lot to this. I don't think that it's something we could even cover well in a day, but I hope that the result is you are now paying attention to the fact that this is a potential thing. Go back and have a look, see if it's something that is affecting you. If it is, what can you do about it? Um, and try some of these techniques if they sound like they resonate with you. If not, they're probably not for you and don't even worry about it. 
tomorrow we're going to be getting together again it is the end of the week we are going to be talking about things like perfectionism and the other types of internal conflicts that stop us from moving forward it'll be the last day of the week so we'll be also kind of pulling together the conversation that we've had so far so i hope you will join us for that if you're not in the facebook group already Go ahead in, join that. The link is at the top. Bassam has already posted a link to a fantastic article that it sounds like uh, might be really helpful. So go have a look there. And hopefully we will see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That is 6 a.m. for the West Coast, 9 a.m. for the East Coast. And of course, the Facebook group is always there for you. In the meantime, have a fantastic day, guys. Go make something amazing. And we'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible. <laughs>